everybody, this is Adrian Chen, your artist interview producer of Golden Great, Collab SF's podcast. I got a special episode in the feed today. It's not a new episode, but I wanted to rebroadcast the very first pod we've ever put out. You might be asking why, but Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings just came out, and Simu Liu plays the main character. The movie's already passed $250 million in global box office sales, and it keeps on thriving. Now, a Marvel movie quickly topping the box office isn't that surprising, but the consistent viewership is for sure noteworthy. Back in 2019, our staff Ray Wong interviewed Simu as a part of a video series we did called Community Spotlight. They dove deep, talking about the part he plays in the AAPI community, masculinity, being an Asian Canadian actor, and being a role model. It's the first podcast that we've ever done, so it might be a little rough around the edges, but I really love just how down to earth the conversation was. I actually met Simu then, he's super interesting and genuine, and now he's a superhero. I think you'll like this one. Check it out. So this is the extended version of the interview I did with Simu for a community spotlight series I did with collaboration. And it's been pretty cool. I was able to talk with Simu about his goal as an API actor and various other things as a role model in the API community. I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview. You can follow him on social media, which is at Simu Liu, S-I-M-U-L-I-U, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also catch Simu playing as Jung on Kim's Convenience, which is on Netflix. So I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to Community Spotlight with Simu Liu. And we are here to talk about your career as an actor, but also as a role model for the API community. So, I mean, first of all, congratulations with season three and also new season four for convenience. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I hope that like w- more seasons to come and, you know, bigger career paths for yourself in general. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of people in the States don't know this, but we're actually the, uh, we're actually the highest rated comedy in Canada. Um, so as far like a lot of people ask me you know oh my god how long is the show gonna go are you gonna get canceled and like i think the answer is um without sounding too overconfident in our show but it's it's pretty safe to say that i think we'll be going on for a while and could you explain what kim's convenience is uh for most like american audiences out here yeah sure so i mean kim's convenience is a is a family comedy Uh, it's a sitcom about a korean canadian family living in toronto um owning a convenience store and just all of the shenanigans that they get into together. Pun intended on that, of course, because my boss and slash like on and off love interest in the show is named Shannon. You know, I've actually watched Kim's Convenience. I'm, all, I'm pretty caught up with season two and then okay. um, I try to watch it on like season three, trying to catch up on that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so far I'm like, oh, come on, Jung. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much, but you know. Yeah, he's a bit of a knucklehead sometimes. Well, you know what? The thing is, they both can be. Um, and it's really, it's been really fun and interesting for Nicole and I both playing that romance on screen. And, and also, you know, 
specifically too because there aren't that many romances involving asian men on tv period so i always feel like we're like the first of everything you know like when when we had our first kiss i think that was a really momentous occasion uh, when we just like i don't know everything that we do yeah like I, I really adore that, like, oh my god, there's this left and right situation, but then it's kind of cool, like, especially a role as, you know, being an Asian in that role, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, um, because I never grew up with that kind of, like, um, like role models and such, and it's, like, you know, there could be a chance for me, like, if I want to pursue acting, and so, like, um, having, going into those leading roles, like, it can be possible just mm-hmm. to have that, and also, it gives myself, as an Asian guy, to give myself more confidence, like, I can talk to other girls and be trying to do, uh, pull up with those type of situations. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's about showing, yeah, Asian men in situations where traditionally they haven't really been shown, and I think this last year particularly has been really great for that, you have, you know, things like Crazy Rich Asians coming out, you have mm-hmm. Searching, starring John Cho, um, you just thought, you know, a lot of leading Asian men who are the star of the show, you know, the, the lead of the story. And uh, it's obviously not something that traditionally you see us doing. We're typically like the sidekick, the support, you know. And um, yeah, it's been it's it's been a hell of a ride. I can't wait to see what the next few years has in store for us. Dude, that's awesome. I hope for the best for you, too. That's oh, pretty you. like you, we need this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the next question to ask you is, uh, what kind of advice would you give for um, API creatives, like especially pursuing like acting? Um, who who are thinking about it or who are already pursuing it? Pursuing or? it, yeah, in general, like. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say don't let your race uh, be an excuse for not pursuing your dreams. I mean, so many people, you know, I know we talked about, I do a lot of Instagram Live. I like to engage in dialogue with my fans and my supporters. And, uh, you know, one question that I hear kind of popping up a lot is like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about um, uh, pursuing the arts as an actor, as a creative, and I just feel like it's so hard for Asians to succeed in this field and I'm having a lot of doubt like what do you think about that and uh, you know my response is always like first of all if I told you that it was really easy would you still want to do it I mean doesn't I mean it isn't the fact that this is like a, a difficult journey and and I mean doesn't that excite you at all yeah the fact that you're literally breaking barriers like this is what this is what we're all trying to do. It's really exciting. And the second thing is that I find it really, really disrespectful for people to say, to have the audacity to say in 2019 that it's difficult to break into the industry for Asians. Because you know what? It's, it was difficult for me to break into the industry yeah. seven years ago, way more so than it is now. And, it's, and, and then you, you, know, you think about veterans like you know, the John Cho's of the world, the Daniel Day Kim's. Um, you know, we can talk about Paul Sun Hyung Lee, who plays my father, Gene Yoon, who plays my mom. I mean, think about how difficult it was for them back in the day when there really weren't that many conversations about diversity, about inclusion. You know, studios were definitely not concerned with, you know, green lighting projects featuring Asian leads, and yet they still did it. And so for somebody in 2019 to be, you know, almost like whining that it's difficult for an Asian creative, I think is, is very disingenuous. Um, these people worked so hard to create and pave a road for us, to create opportunity for us, and, you know, people in our generation in turn are working very hard so that the next generation after us will have even more opportunity than we do. But I think right now, I mean, it's impossible to dispute. Like, it's the best it's ever been for us. And is there work to be done? Is there progress still to be made? Of course there is. Of course there is. But, you know, we're standing at the pinnacle right now of where we as a, as a community, as a movement, have, have really ever 
been. So it's an incredibly encouraging time for an Asian creative or prospective Asian creatives. And we should be working that much harder. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. That's how it's like for myself. Cause I started getting my inspirations from like people like Wang Fu mm-hmm. and um, various Hong Kong uh, actors and mm-hmm. like filmographers. Like I was wondering like, yeah, how I'm going to able to achieve that. Cause I want to do something like that one day mm-hmm. and it excites me. And you know, good thing that Wang Fu and YouTube kind of exist because it gave us that inspiration. Like we should try to uh, share our experiences in that stories or anything. And it's pretty cool. I'm glad you brought up Wang Fu because they're the perfect example. You know, 15 years ago, before even YouTube existed, they knew that they had a passion and, um, you know, Phil, Wes and Ted just turned, you know, their interest, even though they knew that, you know, they didn't really have any Asian role models. They didn't have digital influencers. Like that wasn't a thing that didn't exist. But, um, but they kept going because they loved what they did. And, and look at what they've done over 15 years. I mean, the number of people that I've run into who talk about you know, Wang Fu and how much they were inspired by Wang Fu. So many creatives in the industry who are Asian um, will list Wang Fu as their primary inspiration. You know, people who are in film school or studying, like you said, yeah. to be cinematographers, writers, directors. They all, it all comes back to Wang Fu and what they were able to instill in, in an entire generation of people. So, I mean, their impact on... on our culture as you know as, as Asian Americans Asian Canadians or from wherever um, has been truly like really profound so I have, I have so much so much respect for them that's awesome yeah yeah um, so since you're an actor um, mm-hmm. what is like the main dream role you really want to play for sure like especially you know you already have roles like Jung um, you have starred in other movies and stuff but I mm-hmm. from what I've known like you know from research we did you know you were a stuntman on mm-hmm. Um, a stunt double for a Fall Out Boy music video. <laughs> um, yeah. I did find that frame, by the way. Oh, great. you did find it. Oh, nice, like, nice, huh, nice. Black hair. <laughs> um, but, you know, various other things. Like, what made you to, like, you know, maybe you want to try out a new role that you want to pursue in. So if you want to be in detail about that, if you can. Yeah, sure. I mean, my thing, I mean, growing up, I always, like, I loved action franchises and I always wanted to lead action franchises. It's not, it's something that, you know, studios have yet to entrust an Asian male actor with mm-hmm. to be like a franchise tentpole lead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, we've talked, you know, um, we know about Marvel's, uh, you know, Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and how they're fast tracking development on that. But just that idea of like an Asian man uh, anchoring, carrying a studio franchise to be, you know, to put it in basketball terms, to be the franchise player. And, um, you know, I look at Tom Cruise with the Mission Impossible yeah. franchise as a, as a really, you know, great benchmark. I look at the Fast and Furious. And, you know, even though, um, you know, the character of Han is Asian American, mm. um, you know, he's still not the lead of the franchise. So I'm talking about, like, putting us up at number one. And that's kind of the barrier, the last barrier that I see, you know, that is yet to be broken and that I want to I break. And, you know, I think... I want to draw a distinction between that and like the Jackie Chan and Jet Li movies that have come out in years before. I think I'm a huge Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yen fan for sure. Oh you know, yeah, that's, it's, it's grown into our hearts no exactly, matter what. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, as an Asian American, you know, I understand that my experiences are different than theirs. That we have, you know, we come from very different backgrounds, and they're not necessarily relatable mm-hmm. to people in the West. I mean, the characters that they play are always these like you know, these, like, kung fu masters, these kind of, like, yeah. mystic Very, very, like, like, stereotypical stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, uh, definitely leaning into, like, the martial arts master mm-hmm. kind of trope 
And with that kind of, you know, as kind of separation from the traditional kind of leading man. So, mm-hmm. you know, no love interest, really just this kind of like monk-like figure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I always say, you know, Tom Cruise is, is, is very different. I think he, he can throw a punch, you know, he can hold his own in a fight, but he's not like a, a master of some like ancient that, form that's of true. martial arts. And, you know, it's, it's, he's just a guy who can fight and is yeah. really good at what a- he does. And he's been doing his own stunts now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, like I've watched the recent Mission Impossible movie I'm like, yeah, isn't it crazy? Yeah, how he's like, he's flying his own helicopter, helicopter and spiraling, and he jumped there. across the building, shattered his ankle, and yeah, still yeah, in that shot. And I was they like, still use the take. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? But at the same time, he's getting to that level where he's becoming like, you know, Jackie Chan. He's doing his own stunts now, and it's kind of cool. Like he and Tom Cruise has said, like, um, he's been inspired by his work, and he's like, yeah, I need to try and make something much more authentic, uh-huh. much more himself, and that's pretty cool about like in any actor sense. Like they want to be more of like be passionate about and driven for like just to be their own roles or yeah. and various others that's pretty cool like we need much more of a like a greater role for any actors yeah and i mean i mean we were all inspired like we said we're all inspired by uh you know the bruce lee's the jackie mm-hmm. chan's jet lee's growing up so of course you know martial arts is something that i i dabbled in pretty early on and and for myself too i had a I have a background in gymnastics and parkour and um you know i'm hoping that one day i will get to kind of combine all of my skills into kind of this role um because i do i do believe that i can i can lead a franchise i have absolute and total you know faith and confidence that i can do that so it's all about getting the right opportunity that's awesome um all right so transitioning from that actor's roles and sure. stuff um and this was a very last minute question kind of sent you a very last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No um, it was about you wrote, co-wrote a movie, or not a movie, a short film. A short film, yeah. Um, and But also various others. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think one of them was about it being an Asian superhero, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was, that got me laughing. <laughs> oh, great. great. And, but I really like those dramatic like, writing roles that you've written, especially you're playing the characters for yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel to just pursue that type of, like, not career path in a way, but that um, purpose just to write something, but also be a part of it. Well, for me, it's it's proactive, and it comes from the same kind of DNA that Wang Fu. Uh, I feel like the mentality that Wang Fu inhabited when they were just starting out, which is like you can't necessarily just wait for the right opportunity mm-hmm. to come along. You can't wait your turn because if you just waited for your turn, it's never going to be your turn. And mm-hmm. so, um, I've always been a huge advocate in being proactive about your career, especially for. Um, creatives of color you know when when the opportunity isn't there you have to do everything you can to create opportunities which means as an actor not waiting around for your agent to call to give you the perfect audition for your role you know sometimes you got to go and create the roles for yourself so you know for me for the short films that you mentioned for meeting mommy as well it was just you know it's just this idea that you have to create work for yourself and um, you know I've been doing it at every possible opportunity ever since I started as an actor. I've been developing skills as a filmmaker, as a writer, and um, you know, at any budget level that I've been capable of uh, trying to get these films done. And Meeting Mommy was, you know, one of the more recent projects that we did. Um, I'm super happy with, you know, the production value with what we were able to put out. And, um, you know, it's on the Wong Fu channel right now. Oh, it has yeah. almost half a million views and trended on YouTube when it when it was released. So, yeah, we're, we're incredibly happy about it, and I'm looking forward to doing that more. So I actually just want to segue into... No, go ahead. Um, so I started a production company recently wow. um, called 412 Entertainment. It's called 412 because I was laid off from my job as an accountant on April 12th <laughs> in 2012. So, um, yeah, I mean, my company is all about... Uh, 
kind of adapting or creating original IPs um, that are, you know, Asian American or Asian Canadian specific. Um, you know, talking about our issues, our collective mm -hmm. shared experiences, and uh, just basically carving out a culture for us where, you know, there may have been not a lot before. Because I, th I think that, you know, the whole concept of being a Western-raised Asian is still kind of new to a lot of us, right? A lot of our parents came from, uh, came from the East, and so, you know, we grew up in very confused circumstances where we had to straddle two different cultures and mm -hmm. what I'm hoping you know in the future as we grow up and we have kids and you know the generations that come after these these American-born third fourth fifth generation Asian kids is that they're able to create and draw on a culture of their own rather than having to borrow somebody else's or rather than feeling confused about you know having to choose uh, between two that are neither of which are are fully them, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that we have of our, you know, something of our own, and I think things like subtle Asian traits is a huge uh, step in the right direction. You know, it, it's we talk about the boba memes and and whatever, yeah. but I, I truly think that it's an amazing phenomenon because it's it's truly something of our own, and it's a, it's it's really like a shared dialogue, and we can laugh at the same jokes. We have a shorthand, and we have a cultural shorthand with one another. Yeah, because like I wonder like. Is there a difference between, um, you know, Canadian, like, uh, Asian Canadians and a Asian Americans? Like, is there, like, a certain boundary line? Or are we being inspired by each other um, mm -hmm. in some sense? Like, wh what do you think about, like, especially you've been to L.A. most of the time wh while you're in California, correct? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in L.A. Yeah. recently. Yeah. Have you seen much more, like, a difference between, like, um, industry roles or anything of those sorts? Um, yeah. I, I mean, speaking to the industry, I mean... In LA, I was actually just blown away by the support that I got from the community. You know, there are so many um, organizations out there dedicated to supporting Asians and Asian Pacifics in entertainment, like CAPE, mm -hmm. uh, like CORE, like Collab, yeah. you know, you guys. Um, you, it's just so incredible to not feel like you're alone and to feel like a part of something greater, like a movement. And um, I can say for sure, you know, that's not something that necessarily exists in Toronto to the same degree. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, again, I was, you know, I tell the story all the time, but the first person that I texted when I landed in L.A. back in 2017, it was my first pilot season, was Ken Jong. He and I followed each other on Twitter. He had, you know, caught wind of the show, was very supportive, so followed all of us. And uh, just on a whim, I guess, I decided to uh, DM him. I slid into his DMs. <laughs> and uh, it was basically like, hey, I don't know anybody in L.A. I'm here, like, just thought I'd reach out. Maybe we could grab a drink or something, talk about uh, the industry here, you know, your experiences. And he replied right away, and he was like, hey, um, how about this? I will give you a drive-on pass to the Sony studio lot, um, you know, where we shoot Dr. Ken. Mm. I want you to come whenever you want. Um, I want you to watch us rehearse, table read, um, you know, shoot the episodes, whatever. Just Everything. Like, come hang. Like, you have a full, like, full drive-on privileges anytime you want. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is Ken Jong we're talking yeah. about. Someone who's like, you know, at the, I, it's hard for me to think of an Asian-American actor or actress who's more famous than Ken Jong, right? So you would think, you know, he's That's at a certain true. level. Maybe he, you know, thinks a certain way or has a certain attitude, because uh, it is Hollywood after all. But no, he's just the most down-to-earth, supportive guy. Um, you know, such like a amazing, genuine, generous figure. And um, you know, what I found is that really people are more like him than anything else. You know, I've had the the opportunity to meet people like Randall Park on set of Fresh Off the Boat, and um, you know, Daniel Day Kim, and they're all just 
so amazingly supportive. Um, so it, it was really, it's really something that I hope that I can bring back to Toronto. And uh, if anything, just to kind of like decrease the, the perceived distance between the two cities. Yeah, I really wanted to see like, not just Hollywood, you know, just Hollywood. Like I kind of wish it just grows out to other places. Like obviously there's different television stations and people are being shoot, uh, shooting films on like places in New York, Vancouver being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, I kind of wish like, I want to get myself in the industry. Like sometimes I want to say like with this series in general and um, I produce it out of one straight out of thought saying like, I want to meet these people mm -hmm. and I want to do something. And you know, all I did was send an email out saying, um, I want to interview you because I want to share the knowledge that everyone should know about, especially mm -hmm. amongst Asian Americans in general. And that's the coolest thing about this series. Yeah. Um, and that's how I met Andrew from Boba Guys. Yeah, that's right. You know, we were rearranged everything from there. And then I was like, wow, I explored a lot of things that like, it's not just behind the scenes of how he does work, but about how the way he thinks, everything. It's like, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm able to connect with these people, mm -hmm. connect with people like Mong Fu and such. And it's like, I really like that network I'm in now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I appreciate what you do. I think it's very important. I mean, what we're all trying to do is to just, I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but for me, um, it, it's really about regaining this sort of cultural pride and this self-confidence that I feel like has been taken from us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, by the media, by, you know, systemic factors, by racial prejudice. But, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, historically, just being Asian has never been something to be proud of. Rather, it's been something to be ashamed of. And, and more often than not, so I tour, you know, I tour universities around North America and I talk about these issues. And more often than not, you know, when I ask the audience, you know, to tell me about a time where, um, you know, they have been ashamed of their Asianness or they have tried to run away from it, that like so many hands go up and people totally understand, like, you know, we grew up so messed up because we we hated ourselves we wanted to run from our culture we wanted mm. to for like you know f to put it brashly to just be white and you know i think what's what's really interesting about what this movement is right now um is that we are regaining a cultural pride that we are looking back at our parents who you know um basically defied all odds and expectations in order to come here to build a family and to support a family and raise us, um, that that story in and of itself is so much richer and so like much more meaningful than just if you were to just be another white guy. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Yeah, yeah and I so we should be proud of who we are. We should be so proud of who we are, where we came from. And uh, we should be able to walk into any room with our heads held high. And uh, yeah, I, I very strongly believe that. Well. Like the last thing now is mm -hmm. to ask you is what are you doing now? Well, mm -hmm. and also what are you doing in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm shooting a movie in San Francisco actually. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, so I can't. Say no, too it much has, about no, it's it. fine. You don't have to. <laughs> no, it's nothing. It's <laughs> yeah. nothing crazy. Um, but I, that being said, I do love the movie. I can't wait for you guys to to see it. Um, well, yeah. What am I up to now? Um, like I said, so uh, I have a production company called Four Twelve Entertainment. Mm -hmm. We are uh, currently developing a feature film with uh, with a network up in Canada um, for one of their streaming platforms. So we're really, really excited about that. I'm also uh, touring universities. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, I'm, I think I'm going to do Berkeley in April. I've got a couple of schools in Boston, um, going to Vancouver. 
um, Waterloo in uh, in Ontario in Canada. And uh, just like I love kind of meeting young kids and sharing bits and pieces of my story, whether it's, you know, from an from an Asian specific lens or just from the lens of like somebody who grew up kind of defining success based on what other people thought or what other people wanted. And, uh, you know, basically failing because I wasn't, you know, in a field that I felt passionate about. I was very depressed. I, you know hated going to work every day yeah. and then to to really have had the blessing of being laid off from my job and having the opportunity to take time off and really think critically about what it is that I wanted to do and what I what legacy I wanted to leave on this world um, you know led me to become an actor a creative you know in in this industry and uh, so it's you know a lot of what I do is just trying to tell these young kids like if you're not feeling engaged in your classes or, you know, you don't feel like you're, you're totally in it, like, it's not because you're dumb. It's not because you're stupid. You just haven't found what it is that you're passionate about yet. And you need to go out. You owe it to yourself to go out and search for it and to give yourself permission to pursue it because, you know, it, it, it's, it goes back to, for me, uh, owning your greatness, realizing what that is and not being afraid to step in. Awesome. Thank you for coming out. Um, with this interview into and hopefully we can support you more in your latest endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for our first episode of Golden Grade. Send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way to goldengrade at collaboration.org. Golden Grade's producers are Ray Wong and Michelle Abiera. And executive producer is Josh Coe. Sound mixing was by Michelle Aviera with editing by Ray Wong. Our fabulous theme song was composed by Bobby Ge. Check out his SoundCloud at B-O-B-B-Y-C-G-E. The podcast team also includes Christine Alarcon and Jenny Lee. With special thanks also going out to Stephanie Kim, Kat Damon, Ryan Lay, and Oscar Chow. Bye! Bye.